Hello, everyone. I'm Mark L. Vincent. I am privileged to direct the Convene Consulting Network. And we're aware that there are a lot of businesses out there that uh, were planning an exit in 2020, planning to sell their business in 2020, and are now saying, now what? And so um, I'm privileged to convene a series of conversations with Gary Crum, who's an expert uh, in mergers and acquisitions. He is the founder of the uh, Agora Strategic Consulting Group, and uh, he's uh, agreed to join me from Colorado and uh, just walk us through some uh, key insights and things that can help business owners figure it out and what to do from, from here. So Gary, I, I want to welcome you to this conversation. Thanks, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I, I do want to mention that, that this is for the convened members and the time for them to be able to consider what's going on from their position and to help them, especially given this time right now. That's really what we want to try to do. And it's quite also possible, Gary, wouldn't it be that uh, some of those folks are maybe they weren't planning to exit, but they were in conversation with someone who was in an exit. And this might be able uh, to benefit them as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we saw times like this back in 2008 and 2009, where, you know, the economy falls flat and things happen, and it just creates chaos in some cases. In some cases, it helps enhance an exit plan, but in some cases, it creates chaos. You know, things happen to people and so forth. And so the careful consideration of what they're doing right now really is important. Oh, that's great. So... Let's have you just get us started. Where Where is the grounding for where we might go from here? Well, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy as a business guy is I get to get up every morning and go live life in the image of God to reflect his glory. And, and I think of so many things that God did that we as humans are able to do. And one of those things is to be able to create God was a creator, creator God, and made a phenomenal world in which we live in. And as business people, we're able to go out and do the same thing. And so when you think of your business and what you do and the products that you create and the services that you create to serve people in a redemptive fashion, in a loving fashion, in a good solid you know, business credibility fashion, those things are really fun. But the same thing would apply to an exit is that I wanna make sure that I'm credible and I'm creative in what I'm doing so that I, I honor God through that process. And it's not, it's not just the seller, but it's the buying community as well to basically be able to both do that. So that's, that's certainly something I think is important to consider. So I get a hunch already, we're gonna be thinking things like, how do we create? How are we a steward? How do we take an abundance approach? Uh, are we going down the, the road that you're wanting to take us? That's it. That's it, man. You bet. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, uh, I know that you've got some key thoughts that would really drive this forward for us. So why don't you walk us through some of those key concepts? Well, I think, I think there's, as I thought about this time together, there's three things that I really think are really important for people to consider, um, especially if their potential plans for exit have been changed or modified or blown up or, you know, whatever, whatever might be going on. And, and the first thing is don't, don't force anything. Take the time to sit back and really consider what it is you're trying to do. 
you know, what, what's happening? What's going on in your business? What's, what's not going on in your business? And how does that change the dynamic um, that you've been trying to achieve to get to a position where you can exit your company you know, well? There might be people right now that are listening to this video um, that were in the process of actually talking to a buyer and trying to work out a transaction. You know, that may change. I talked to two people in the last couple of days that were looking at buying some businesses and kind of walked away it was the news I got, which you know, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's not such a good thing. But the point is, don't panic. You know, sit back, kind of consider what it is you're trying to do, and and really look carefully at why it is you are trying to sell your business, um, and 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 be able to consider what the reasons were, and can I still do those things? The second thing is that I really would try to like people to understand the nature of the equation of buying a business versus selling a business because it, it really is simply the transition of a business from one buyer to another buyer. Hopefully the business is not impacting in any sort of way. So I wanna talk a little bit about that. And then the third thing I like to talk about is just making sure that people have clarity on a plan to move forward. Hmm. Whatever they decide to do, that they can have clarity on that particular kind of plan. So those three things are important. So I, it's really interesting that you're talking about don't don't go fast. So, you know, we hear the message, don't panic, but then there's also kind of a counter message that, that get going, you know, get, get moving and, and seize your opportunity. And yet you're saying, uh, take a moment. Uh, you, is there anything more you want to say about that? Well, I think, yeah, I, I think from a, from a selling standpoint, from a seller standpoint, um, trying to move fast and move quick normally disturbs the buyer. You know, what's going on? Why are you trying to push? Why are you trying to get to this particular point? And, and when you're in consultations with the buyer, it can get really nerve wracking. I mean, they really have a lot of that they can do to, to make your life either really good or really bad. Um, and, and so you want to be able to achieve a good transaction. But you don't want to move quickly. You want to move carefully. Because the name of the game is, is not selling your business. The name of the game is making your business as attractive as you possibly can to a buyer, showing the buyer that by buying your business that you're actually going to lower his risk and raise the possibility of his future earnings, because that's, after all, what he's primarily buying. And unless you kind of stop and reconsider, if you're struggling with this right now, then pushing it, forcing it, trying to make it happen probably will just blow it up. Hmm. Um, you don't have to sell your business and the buyer doesn't have to buy your business. Um, I, I think also, you know, we live in a world where God is our creator. God is our God. And we can depend upon him that all things work together for good to those that love him, including people trying to sell their business. And so trying to rush, trying to not do it peacefully, carefully, in a really credible, capable way, I, I think just kind of does more harm than good. Okay. So if I'm not going to panic or force a sale, what then? I, let's say I've made that commitment. I, okay, I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to force. Now what? Well, I think that they need to understand why it was they're trying to sell their business, whether it's retirement, retirement income, you know, whether it's a transition out of a position, whether it's even, you know, selling the business to, to your key employees or to children or whatever. Why is that the case? And do you still have an opportunity to be able to do that, you know, to meet that particular goal? 
if, if you're not clear on why you're selling, of course, you need to consider that thing. If they're thinking about doing this and maybe haven't actually gotten started, a plan is super critical and super important. But I think, I think the main thing is, is just trying to understand what your game plan was and what you were trying to do. And is there anything that you need to do to change that, to, to move that uh, forward? So I've heard you talk a little bit about this analogy of green to the T. Can you tell us about that? Well, you know, the idea is, is that if, you're, if you play golf, you've had holes that were terrible, right? And the nice thing about golf is you get to start the game over again 18 times while you're playing a round of golf. So as you're going from the tee to the, to the, from the green to the tee, really good golfers will leave the problems and the missed shots and the bad stuff back on the green in the last hole and go into the tee with a refreshed mind. So mm -hmm. it might be something that's appropriate now, given where people are, that maybe they need to stop and you know, get off the green and kind of reconsider where they are and what they're doing and, and leave some of the negative behind and relook at how do we reposition this thing? Um, you know, what kinds of things do we need to make this better? You know, maybe there's a pivot, but don't try to force a transaction or go into the T ground, right, in, in, a, in a pushy manner, but just kind of reconsider and take the time to, to, to see what you need to do. Okay, so we haven't panicked, we've reconsidered, we're, we're, we're aware of what we have, so then what? Well, I think, you know, the next thing is just making sure that you don't forget your business fundamentals. You know, you still have customers, you still have to sell to your customers. That could be impaired right now. You have to figure out what the best way to meet their needs are now and, and maybe in the near future. You have employees to take care of. You know, you've got a supply chain to make sure is there so that as you transition through this thing that you're delivering to the, the, the new owner, the, the buyer, you know, as healthy of a business as you possibly can. So keeping your eyes on the fundamentals and, and practicing business from a day-to-day -day standpoint is also pretty so anyway. So then let's move into um, actually thinking about an exit transition now or in the near future. If that's, if that's really in play and uh, still desirable and you see your way to it, albeit, you know, it might be with different kind of measures on it because it, there's, there've been these changes this year. Right. What, what, do, what do folks need to be thinking about if an exit transition is in play? Well, I think, you know, to, to me, so I'm a buyer. I've bought hundreds of businesses over my 40-year career. Um, so I look at, at this whole process of exiting a business from a buyer's perspective. And, and the, the name of the game, the real purpose is to be able to create as much value for the buyer as you possibly can, which might seem kind of, kind of backwards. Um, mm -hmm. If I'm a seller and I, and I say I want as much money as I can get, and, and you get into a competitive arena, that's not the best way to approach this. If as, a, if as a seller, I can position my business to create as much value as I can for the buyer, then I'm gonna be much better off because the more I lower his risk, the more he understands my business, the more he understands how we can build value from my business, the more he understands the, the future positioning that that business is gonna to have to, to go through. The more he, the more value he's going to put on the business, and therefore the more value I'm going to be able to get from that particular business. So we we talk about this thing, uh, this process that we that we practice called value multiplied. The idea is the seller and the buyer coming together to really understand the nature of the business that is trying to be sold and how the buyer can best take that business forward and create success. 
So we want to we want to value the business and multiply the value of business from a one plus one equals six, right? Not mm -hmm. a one plus one equals two, but a one plus one equaling a lot more value to the business. So the seller in trying to help the buyer understand his business as best he possibly can to to be able to put all the cards on the table and be really open and clear to the buyer about what his strengths are and what his weaknesses are where the warts in the business are really uncovering as much as they possibly can so that the, so the buyer can really take that and run with it and of course there's a there's a time frame when you divulge more and more and more depending upon the nature of is this going to happen or not right there's mm -hmm. some you can usually tell when a deal is going to happen in, in the flow of it uh -huh. yeah i i hear you saying gary that um a seller might be focused on a price point however high or low it is in comparison to what a buyer's price point might be but they're thinking a price whereas the buyer might have a lot of other criteria on top of that uh, future value, assets, uh, what it does for them in their, uh, for, let's say it's a distribution center and how geographically, right. uh, where, where it is placed geographically. Am, am I following correctly here that, that, right. there, that there's a difference in mindset? Right. Well, the, the seller wants, I mean, their whole thing is to get some sort of a, a price for their company. And obviously, the more they can get, the better off it probably will be that there's always questions around that. But from a, from a buyer, I'm not interested in the price I pay. The price does not matter what I pay. And, and so you get people that don't want to pay much. They try to you know, discount or really underpay for a company. That's not what's critical. What's critical is the value of the business I purchase two years or three years or four years down the road. It's the value I can create from that nest egg that becomes critical. And, okay. and if I can maximize my value and the growth of that value over time, that as a buyer is what's important. So okay. if a seller harbors a, a fixation with a particular number, that may not, that may not help me as, as a buyer. I really want to understand what they have and how I can take and build value from that. And then if, if it's done correctly, the agreement on that value makes sense. It just makes okay. sense. But the more I can educate the buyer on my risks and the, my upside, the more the buyer can understand what they're actually buying and how to create value from that from the time that they own the business, the much better it's going to be for both parties. Um, hmm. And so you don't want to get into a competitive situation. You really want to be able to enter into the negotiations almost as partners to figure out what the best thing to do is. That's the best way to go about doing it. Um, so there are, there are buyers that are price buyers. All they I was want to about do to is ask pay. you uh, yeah. what types of buyers there are. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there, there are, there are price buyers that say, "Hey, I'm only going to pay X." Right? Forget it. And and they want a discount. They want a cheap price. Again, that doesn't do the seller any good, and it really doesn't do the buyer any good. Um, and then there are there are buyers that are really much more focused on value. I've actually have signed letters of intent with companies when I bought them. And as they've won, as we've gone through the transaction and more and more and more has been uncovered into the company, I've actually gone back to the seller and paid them more money for their company than what we agreed to previously because hmm. they've created in our minds so much more value. And we want to be fair, right, to that whole transaction. So that's kind of an interesting, doesn't that yeah. a few things? Yeah. yeah. So, so go ahead. 
Please. So I was going to say, so the key process, the key thing, again, is building value in the mind eyes of the buyer. So, so how do I position my business as a, as in an exit? How do I position my business to be able to really wave the red flag in front of the bull being the buyer to, to convince him that here is something that I can take and create significant value from. So the important perspective, again, is not the, not the seller, it's the buyer. Mm -hmm and what I can do to create more and more value in the minds of the buyer. So we've got price uh, buyers, we've got value buyers. Um, can you talk a little bit about long-term uh, value and, and just give us a little bit more there? Well, again, my, my, my goal as a buyer is to buy something, buy an asset, right? And increase the value of that asset over time. So, mm -hmm. so if I've got a product that synergizes with my other product line that I can purchase from a seller and that product can create more sales of my existing products and I can create through my distribution channel or whatever, my sales force, more sales of that particular product, then I'm going to make more revenue, more money and create more value from that, that asset, that seed, right? To be able to grow and build more value from that. That's what I'm after. Okay. And, and so it, I'm not going to go buy a company and then have it be flat, right? I want to grow it. And that's where I create that value because I want to be able to recoup my investment on the purchase. Right. So in, in this kind of a marketplace, uh, I would imagine it's possible, depending on the industry, that there might be several mm, competitor types that are actually also looking to see if there's interested buyers and, uh, and those kinds of things. So what are some of the distinctives I would imagine that, uh, some of what you're talking about is long-term value and the business fundamentals will be a part of that. But what else uh, would be important to create that distinction, promote the value in the eyes of the buyer? Well, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff. There's several things that you can do. I mean, one, one thing is, is that buyers are looking for companies that have been run and managed by good values by the ability of the company to have integrity and honesty and clarity and care about their employees and just exercise really good values. And so the business hasn't been run from a, how much money can we make, but how much value can we build in supporting our employees and so forth. Those are becoming more and more important in the eyes of a buyer rather than just the financial, the financial return. So there's one thing there. You know, the second thing is, is that, a seller willing to work with me as a buyer rather than be competitive, okay, is a much better deal for me because I can get more information that helps me be able to figure out how I can run that business after I own it. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really want to work with sellers that are competitive. They want to just, you know, argue for the top dollar that they can possibly get because that's really not what I want to do. I want to take and build value from that. Um, there's that old adage about, you know, if, 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 if you name the price, I get to name the terms, right? And then you kind of go at that. There's all these competitive attitudes that really don't make sense because that doesn't directly relate to how I can take that particular business and build value from it. That's what I'm, that's what I'm after. Hmm. Uh, I think knowing your buyer is a really, really good thing. So a lot of people will go through a process with a broker where the broker will take their business and put it together in a nice package and go take it to a bunch of potential buyers. And there's nothing wrong with that process. It is a process, but it's almost better if you know two or three buyers that you think would be interested in your company and you can go 
talk to them and work with them and pitch your business to them. Because if you understand their product lines, if you understand their needs, if you understand what's going on in their business and how your business can fit in and bring value and add value to their businesses, you're going to be far better off in most cases than some other, you know, Rolodex, whether you call people and try to do some sort of you know, sale of the business. Yeah. Again, we're talking about a transition, not a you know exit where I where I leave and say goodbye and, and the business maybe moves on. We want the business to move on as well as it possibly can. Gary, we're kind of getting up against our time here, and there's so much good information. It seems like a good question to start to wrap us up would be: Is there anything else people need to know? Uh, to position their business for success? Yeah, probably a million things. But in the the short piece of it, Mark, I mean, especially right now, because this is really geared to people that are kind of in this ebb and flow right now, it's really important that, again, you don't go back and push this whole thing, but you really sit back and go through an assessment Right. Let me let me stop. If I've got a buyer I was talking to and the buyer maybe has kind of pushed away or, or deferred the transaction um, or maybe they haven't quite started the process yet, really kind of figure out what does your business look like? How do you really want to be able to position your business? In other words, just, you know, paint a picture of what it looks like. Um, and then, you know, have I lost any assets? Have I lost any value? Is there anything that's been impaired because of this coronavirus problem? Or are there things that I need to be able to add to my business that maybe weren't there before, but that would give me a better competitive edge or add significant value to my business? So that, that thoughtful process of creating clarity in what I'm trying to do and what, what my package is, what my actual asset that I'm actually trying to sell to a buyer, anything they can do along that, that line is, is terrific. That's great to hear. So uh, my understanding is that if uh, someone wants to uh, just engage with you in conversation, wants to know more, wants to clarify something you may have said, they can reach out to you and uh, you'd be happy to to talk with them. And I think we're going to put some stuff up on the screen that would say how uh, that they could uh, get a hold of you. Is there anything that you would like to say to wrap this up, Gary, uh, before we sign off? Yeah, you know, I mean, we're, we're trying to help the body right now and, and owners of businesses within the convened space in particular. And, and we're doing that on a no obligation, no cost basis to kind of be able to talk to people and support them and help them. Um, we've got uh, an assessment tool that we use to help businesses look at where their position and what their value might look like. You know, we can help them with that particular thing. Um, so whatever we can do to help, give us a call and let's just talk. And in that dialogue, maybe there's some things that we can really help with. Yeah. Okay. Well, Gary, I, I know that you have a real heart for God and people of faith who are in business. And I want to give you just a second uh, here, if you wouldn't mind just praying over this community. And uh, then we'll say farewell for this conversation. Yeah, great, Mark. Thank you very much for the, for the chance to, to chat here. Um, and Father, we, well, we just really uh, look to you for wisdom and guidance and direction in this time of of, of turmoil and uncertainty and even fear. Father, I, I pray for the people that are listening to this short session that, that you would calm their hearts and provide clarity and wisdom and creativity uh, that they can look at this process and, and be successful in this process to understand why it's a good thing for them to be able to do. But Lord, just walk with them um, and fill them with your spirit 
that they might be successful in honoring to you in this whole process. Again, thank you for this time. Amen. Amen. Gary, thank you for uh, spending time with me in this conversation. Thank you to all of you who have listened uh, today. Great. Thank, thank you, you very much and farewell.